Hello, 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 and welcome to the Extra Point Podcast. I'm Matt Temple Marsh, and I'm back once more with Ross Williams. Ross, how are we doing? Very, very well. Thank you very much. Very cold. Must have been. Yeah, it's horrible. Very, very cold. I almost feel a bit American at the moment <laughs> with this kind of <laughs> winter, uh, <laughs> winter that's just happened out of nowhere. But apart from that, uh, there's been some great football recently to warm us up. So uh, very, very happy with how things are going recently. Uh, a little bit more profit for us last week, wasn't there? Yeah, we are doing very well lately. I had two winners. You had three winners for yourself. Talk me through what you had. Yeah, good week for me. Good week for me. I was very happy. Not the greatest week 12, so really happy to back up with a really good week 13. Uh, the Detroit Lions beating the Jags uh, money line uh, was really nice to see. Uh, the Steelers covering minus four and a half against the Atlanta Falcons at plus money uh, was really nice. And then uh, my banker of the season, really, my first five-point win of the year. The Chiefs and the Bengals, each team, to score 20 plus points. I said it was an absolute gift last week, and it was a gift. I think it landed just before or maybe right at the start of the fourth quarter, there was plenty of time left. Yeah. yeah. Um, Love that one. Uh, so, yeah, really happy to get three winners on the board last week. Pierce, the score in the Browns to win by 1.6. I was a little bit ambitious with that one. Uh, ended up being a 13-point win, I think, uh, for the Browns. But, yeah, wasn't a million miles away with that one, regardless, but three without Without a lot of defensive and special teams performance, it would have been much closer. Just, yeah, unlucky there. It would, and Pierce had his 80 yards on the ground. He had that kind of mm. performance I needed just couldn't quite do it in the red zone but regardless seven points profit very very happy uh, and yourself a couple of winners yeah yeah annoyingly in the Bengals Chiefs you got your points but somehow either Chase or Kelsey didn't score a touchdown which is a shame but then I had Justin Fields doing his thing with a ridiculous touchdown and Garrett Wilson he managed to get 75 yards for me I mean he posted what 160 I backed him to have over 100 and, annoyingly, a touchdown. So that would have been a huge winner. But I've learned my lesson. I've factored that into my tips this week. So, yeah, I've got a good feeling. Regardless, a 7-4 to four winner, a 6-4 to four winner, you can't argue too much with that. Exactly. And uh, just a few lovely listeners, thank you for sticking with us so far this season. Obviously, we're at week 14 now. We're well down the stretch. We'll be here for the playoffs and the Super Bowl, of course, as well. But... um. We're doing pretty well. I mean, we're doing pretty well at this point. We don't like to blow us on trumpets too much, but over 34 points profit so far this season between us. For those who don't know what that means, if you had a point and that point was £10, if that was your stake, you'd be £346 up so far this season if you followed our tips from the very beginning. Pretty damn good. We're doing all right. We're doing all right. Um, So, yeah, let's get into week 14. Let's, uh, Let's ramp that number even further. Okay, week 14 begins in earnest on Sunday, and we both have a pick in one particular game. It's the Vikings and the Detroit Lions. You had a lot of success with Garrett Wilson last week. You've got another receiver in mind, haven't you? I'm going for the sun god, Amon Ra St. Brown. I'm backing him at five points. That's the maximum amount for over 82 and a half receiving yards. And I'm also going two points over 125 receiving yards. I've learned from my Garrett Wilson days, not throwing in the touchdown there. I'm just going for the yards. And you watch him, he is going to have a brace or a hat trick of touchdowns. Now. More than likely, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Without doubt. But I have a very strong feeling that he is going to hit his yardage totals. Over the last six weeks, he's really come back into his own. I mean, at the start of the season, he looked great. Then he went down with injury. It took a while to get back up to speed. But yeah, over this last period, he has been at his very best. He's had over 60 targets. That's double his t- nearest teammate. It's just his offense. It goes, the ebbs and flows is Amon Ross and Brown. And the Lions offense is starting to click. I mean, 
I don't know how, but they're genuinely favoured against the 10-2 and two Vikings, and you'll have a thing or two to say about that next. But, I will indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Brown has been electric in his last two games. I mean, throw in that one of them was against the Buffalo Bills, which that is a very stout defence. He's had 20 catches, 236 yards, and three touchdowns. That's the most yards he's ever had in a two-game span, and I'm tipping him to have a career high. hundred Over 125 yards would be a career high, and that's all because he faces the Minnesota Vikings. We just saw Garrett Wilson last week where I backed him. He posted 162 yards. Absolutely decimated them. The Vikings have allowed more yards to wide receivers than any other team in the league, 2,400 through 12 games. And I'm just going to list off a few wide receivers just this season who have had over 125 yards against the Minnesota Vikings. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, both in the same game, which is absolutely absurd. DeAndre Hopkins, Stefan Diggs, and Garrett Wilson. Expect the Sun God to join this list. I like it. I like it. Um, I have no qualms with your pick at all. I'm a big Amon Ross Brown fan. Uh, I mentioned him last week. Obviously, I did pick the Lions. Last week against the Jags, completely uh, understand it. I think he's got a great chance. He's got a great chance against the secondary, as you say. Um, in saying that, you mentioned it. It's it's the maddest line of the season. It is yeah. the maddest handicap spread of the season. And even you, with your optimism of Amon Rasa Brown, agrees. Um, the Minnesota Vikings are underdogs in this game against the Detroit Lions. That is the, and I'll repeat, the 10-2 and two. Minnesota Vikings are underdogs in this game against the Detroit Lions. doesn't make sense. No. This is one of those games where most people will stay away from it, I think, because it stinks of a trap. It does. We'll we'll address that elephant in the room straight away. The the line feels wrong. The line feels like a trap. The bookmakers don't often get it wrong uh, to this kind of degree. So there is an element of caution with this one because it's almost like, is there something we don't know? But you look at the injury report and you look at recent form and you can't really see how the Lions can be favoured. You can see how it could be close. I completely agree it should be within a field goal. I don't think the Vikings should be massively favoured in this game because the Lions have been very good in the last month. That's for sure. They've won four games out of five, I think. Uh, They're on a really good run. They're on their best run of the season. But there's just this idea, I think, this perception that the Vikings are in some kind of slump over the last kind of two, three weeks, and they're not. They've won and covered in the last two weeks. <laughs> and it's almost as if that's just been completely ignored. I think a lot of people have just taken a look at that Cowboys game three weeks ago where they were admittedly blown out of the park by Dallas and just kind of lost faith with Minnesota, and that's that. But, I mean, they're 10-2 and two on the year. Their two losses are to the Cowboys, as I just said, and the Philadelphia Eagles, who are both going to be playoff teams both in that kind of Super Bowl argument with the Vikings, this is still a very good team. Defensively, they have their problems, admittedly, but like a lot of teams in this NFL, offensively, they can mix it with the best of them because, the, yeah, Armand Rasset Brown might be on the other side who may get a career high of kind of 125-plus. I mean, that's not even in the top five games for Justin Jefferson. I mean, he's, he's an absolute man-possessed uh, in, in this receiver core. And Garrett Kirk- Wilson had 162 yards last week and still lost. I think it's that's not a factor. I think this this game is the highest over-under of the week. You yes. can expect there to be a lot of points, but the Vikings are just the better team. And fair enough, you might view them as a bit fraudulent. The record probably is a bit over what it should be. But what it shows you is good coaching. I think they have 
nine of their wins are within one score, I believe. And that is situational football. That is the fundamentals yep. and that is good coaching. And he's a best. Kev, uh, Kevin McDonald? Why have I got the wrong name there? Or is Kevin O'Connell. Kevin, Kevin O'Connell. Yes. <laughs> he's a better coach than Dan Campbell. He's, like Dan Campbell's yes. very grit and macho, whereas you want the X's and O's. He's a better football coach. I completely agree. And yeah, I mean, it's very unlike the Vikings historically, isn't it, to be winning these kind of close games. They are a team that has traditionally, uh, much like the Chargers and a few teams like that, they, they do they do struggle a little bit down the stretch. This season has been different. This season definitely been different. It's not that Mike Zimmer era, Kevin O'Connell's instilled something in this team. Um, and yeah, I mean, look, if this was a game, if the line was where I think it should be, which is probably the reverse, so Vikings minus two and a half, probably wouldn't yeah. touch it. But the reason you just said, because they tend to win games quite close. Uh, of course, these two yeah. teams have yeah. played before this season. In division, it was a four-point game, 28-24. Vikings won that one. I wouldn't touch it if the Vikings were favourites. But they're not. They win those close games. And the final point of this, I guess this is the reason why they're favourites. I don't really know. The Lions, uh, they're 5-2 and two, uh, against the spread in home games this year, which is likely what uh, the thinking is. But, I mean, overall... They've only covered once this season when they were favoured, home or away. <laughs> I mean, they've only been favoured in games twice all year. They're, they're generally underdogs. It's a skewed line because that's how the league works. You can backdoor recover. It's much easier to cover if you're an underdog. It's as simple as that. So that five and two, I don't think it's as impressive as people think. I just don't understand it. I think it's worth a play. I think it's worth a play because it's one of those games where if you don't back the Vikings money line or at least with the points and then they win by 10 on Sunday everyone's going to look very silly aren't they so I yeah. I, I, I cannot ignore this game I, I, I just can't I'm with you makes too much sense definitely let's go to a team that you back last week and you're doubling down on this week the Pittsburgh Steelers yeah yeah um a little bit of double jeopardy yeah what one and a half points they were favored last week against the Falcons and they covered uh they are once again one and a half point favourites uh, against the Baltimore Ravens. That probably wouldn't have been the case necessarily this time uh, last week or certainly this time a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but there's the Lamar Jackson factor. He is officially doubtful, I believe, for this game. That was his designation last night. If you're doubtful on Friday, it's very, very unlikely you're going to go in. Uh, yeah, he's not playing, I, I would is assume. I'd be, I'd be amazed. That is the one caveat. If Lamar, I mean, to be honest, even if Lamar Jackson does go in this game for some reason, I'd still back this because he's clearly not going to be hundred percent, but yeah, yeah, chances are it'll be Tyler Huntley. I would imagine he's going to be quarterbacking the Baltimore Ravens. He's no mug. Uh, he's won a couple of games, came in last year, but there's going to be a drop off. There has to be a drop off uh, in terms of the production of this offense, and that's kind of the elephant in the room to the Baltimore Ravens. There hasn't been much productivity in the offense recently. They won last week. They won a ten-nine ball game. Um, they're not putting points up. They're not putting points up at all. Uh, they won two of the last three. They managed to grind it out, but in those two wins, they only scored 23 points combined, whereas the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're starting to turn it on a little bit. Um, in terms of kind of tangible stats, are they around like the top five in the league in any major categories? No, no, they're not. They're that kind of team. But even just on the eye test in the kind of last month or so, Kenny Pickett's naturally improving. He's getting those connections now. Pickens is looking much, much better in that offense. It's just starting to click a little bit. It's just starting to click. And of course, it's because Mike Tomlin is one of the best coaches in NFL history. And of course, he's going to get this team competitive. Um, I would really like TJ Watt to be playing on Sunday. That's not a guarantee yet. Uh, so again, take a little bit of a rain check on that. 
But the Steelers at home against the backup quarterback, against a team that hasn't been scoring points with the starting quarterback, I like this, especially less than a field goal, one and a half points. I'm going to take the Steelers in this one. I'm going to I'm going to ride with them. And you know what? They've they've got a winning record in the sites now. They're only two wins off. Um, I mean, the playoffs isn't impossible. Mm. <laughs> it's very unlikely. But look, Mike Tomlin's Mike Tomlin. He's not going to say die until he absolutely has to. Week 18. Um, I like the Steelers here. Minus one and a half. Yeah, it's not clicking for the Ravens, is it? Something is off. And I guess there's a small caveat. Greg Roman heavily linked with the Stanford job. Just- yes. Mind going to be wondering some, somewhat, perhaps not fully focused on the game as perhaps a typical week that might play into it here. And it's looking much better for the Steelers. And I think they've got a real good chance to at least get to 500 and keep Mike Tomlin's record alive. Yeah. And hopefully, John Harbaugh's just getting a little bit concerned. The, uh, the ghost of his brother potentially coming back to him <laughs> next season. We'll, uh, we'll see. Uh, no Colts bias at all on that one. Um, <laughs> let's go to your final pick of the week then. You're looking at, oh boy, this is going to be a game <laughs> down, uh, yeah. down in Texas. Um, you look at the Dallas Cowboys, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Red zone only. Do not watch this game at all. Houston Texans at Dallas Cowboys. And I am back in the Cowboys defense and special teams to score an anytime touchdown. You can get there in 9 2. And their D is just near it, unstoppable right now. I'm going to have to bring up last week, Ross. I just have to. Against the Colts, it was menacing. Five takeaways, three sacks, and one defensive touchdown. They look ridiculous. On the year, they lead the league in sacks. That's 48, six more than any other team, and they are second in takeaways with 21. The Houston Texans are the worst team in the league right now. It has been so bad for them all year long. Against the Browns last week, Cleveland scored, as I said at the top of the show, two defensive touchdowns alongside a punt return as well. Now, they're switching back from Kyle Allen to Davis Mills, which, I mean, you might think that's promising, but Davis Mills was benched for a reason. It wasn't just, oh, we're just going to try out something different. The season's gone. He was playing bad. He's thrown seven interceptions in his last five games alongside taking 16 sacks in that span. Obviously, more interceptions and more sacks mean more opportunities for pick sixes, forced fumbles, scoop and scores. I think we can expect another bruising performance from the Cowboys. We don't have to overthink this one. You can get it at a nice price of 92. This could be messy for the Texans and the Cowboys are just going to pound the ball. I didn't want to back any. I've got a good feeling they're going to absolutely hammer the ball. It's going to be Zeke, Tony Pollard, Malik Davis, but we don't know who's going to get the lion's share of the ball because I think it's going to be such a runaway that it's just safer to back the unit that's going to be on the field for the majority. Um, Well, more opportunity than the running backs. And yeah, I think they can just absolutely beat up on the Texans. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, Yeah, an interesting game from a betting perspective. I think not kind of official picks uh, per se, but in terms of leans on this game, I think just kind of riding the coattails of what you just said, it's probably an in-play opportunity, this one, as you say, especially going to second half. If they have that lead, yeah, that's when the prices start coming in. Those kind of third-string guys uh, on the Cowboys' offense, if they're going to score. Um, Yeah, speaking as a Colts fan, that certainly did happen in the fourth quarter against the Colts. So uh, there might be a little bit of... A little bit of in-play value there. And um, just for context, it's a 17-point spread this game. It's the biggest of the season. The biggest of the season so far. And honestly, I'd probably back it if it was in the 20s. (laughs) It's it's that bad. uh, The Texans, they're dead. I wouldn't be shocked at a shutout. This could be... Oh, very possible. Yeah. 
very, very, very possible. Brandon Cook's out as well, I think. Um, mm. There's just, I mean, the one weapon they have uh, outside of Damien Pierce in the past game, it, it, it's rough. It, it's really, really rough. It's got to be a tough time being a Texans fan right now. Um, okay, final game, final Bring us home with this week. blasphemous pick. Go on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> disclaimer. One half of this podcast is not going to like this one. <laughs> okay, I'll just say that now. So, it, so just don't listen to what he says at the end. Doesn't I'll matter. hear, I'll hear you out. I'll go on, reason with me. Let's hear why. It's a trends pick. It's a, it's a complete trends pick. It's a historic trends pick. But sometimes you cannot ignore it. You cannot ignore it. Uh, there are certain people in sport. Lionel Messi's one. LeBron James is another. Michael Jordan was one. Tiger Woods was one. Tom Brady's one. Tom Brady is one. He has to be even at his age. He goes in against San Francisco San Francisco 49ers this week. Uh, team he has a bit of an affinity for. You never know. Might even wear that jersey before he retires. It's not out of the question, although he's going to have to have to speed it up if that is the case. Unless he just goes to his 50, why not? Here's some stats. Here are some stats for you. He has played 372 games as a professional quarterback in the NFL, which will be right up there um, in terms of the all-time stats. He's been an underdog in 61 of those games, just 16%. That's crazy. <laughs> it's an incredible stat in itself. That's only that's only stat one. 61 games, uh, he's been an underdog. Um, he's not familiar with it, essentially. It doesn't happen very often. And because it doesn't happen very often, it doesn't take too kindly to it generally um he's, he's covered the handicap in 67 percent of those games as an underdog which is insane it's absolutely insane that's that uh i believe it's 41 games he's covered the spread out of the 61 uh there's a couple of ties in there as well so it's not even a full losses uh on the other side of the slate it, it's an unwritten rule in nfl betting that if brady gets points you take brady it, it, it is what it is it, peyton manning was a very similar situation back uh, back in the noughties, but Tom Brady very much now, even even at his age, even with the Bucks maybe not performing quite as well uh, as they have been. And then you throw into the fact they're coming off just a typical Tom Brady performance in the sense that nothing really happened at all for the Bucks in the first three quarters. They come back with a 13.4 fourth quarter comeback over the Saints. It was the 44th comeback uh, in the fourth quarter overtime of Tom Brady's career. He's now the best. He's now the best at that. He overtook Peyton Manning uh, on, on that stat line this past week. <sighs> He's going up against Brock Purdy. You, you, you'll know more about him than I do. All I pretty much know about Brock Purdy is he was Mr. Irrelevant. He was the first Mr. Irrelevant to ever throw a touchdown in the NFL. So congrats. Congrats, Brock. The incredible stat that, pulled, <laughs> that I pulled out this week looking at this matchup, um, and this is before I even discuss Brady's record against rookie quarterbacks and quarterbacks with fewer than so many starts because I mean I don't even need to tell you the numbers there because you pretty much know what's going on um Brock Purdy was born on the 27th of December 1999 which makes me feel old five days later Tom Brady played his final game for Michigan (laughs) (laughs) that's insane that is absolutely insane uh if we're talking experience it goes without saying look are the 49ers a better team than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. And you'll be nodding away. Of course, they're a better team. The spread is three and a half, though. It's a field goal game. Can they stay within a field goal? We've all considered, with all the trends, every trend that's ever existed, considering Tom Brady, points to him, but at least been able to cover this game, if not winning it, against that rookie quarterback. As an underdog, you do not give Tom Brady points. If you give Tom Brady points, I'm going to take those points. It's as simple as that. 
Oh, I'll give you something to agree with you is I think it'll be a very low scoring game. I think yes. it might be. Yes, absolutely. 69 or something like that, which would be outside of your point. Obviously, I'm picking Niners. Which I, I, think, I think I think more 16-13, personally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't see many points. Brock, yeah, obviously material and it doesn't go in his favour, but throughout camp, uh, Trey Lance, the reports, obviously Trey Lance is incredibly raw and we've heard not great things throughout yep. preseason from him. He was very up and down. Mm-hmm. At points, Brock was basically neck and neck with him. Obviously, he was never ever going to come into the lineup or anything like that. But throughout all of camp, Brock was riding with the twos and the scout team because Jimmy wasn't there. And then with Trey Lance's injury, people might be viewing, oh, Brock's the third stringer, but he's been the backup the entire time and because Trey Lance hasn't been there and it's been Jimmy and then it's been Brock and Jimmy has been absolutely amazing for Brock. So he came Obviously. in for a fourth quarter as well, didn't he? he came in for some was it against the Chiefs. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, ha- he has seen a little bit of the football before last week as well, hasn't he? Exactly. Threw an interception when he came in, but still. <laughs> I do. I mean, I do. I do want to mention that bit, but I mean... yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, our game plan is going to be pretty obvious, so I can lean with you that way. But I just think our our, our defense is number one in literally every statistic, and. I don't, I don't expect to lose. Yeah, <laughs> I, I am yeah. saying that. I do not expect the 49ers to lose this game. I, I think, just to finish off on this one, I, I really think this is very similar to the Vikings pick in the sense that yeah, it, yeah, it, 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 it's... Yeah, I'm almost more pointing this one out to people rather than making a, a really, really strong case, if I'm honest. It's just... It's an egg-on-your-face moment, I think, for either of those two picks, if they do land, because they're so obvious on paper. Literally every historical stat is telling you yeah, uh, it's jumping down your throat and saying, obviously you take that pick. Obviously take that pick. I'm not saying you go big uh, on, on either of these selections, uh, if I'm honest, because, you know, it, yes, they feel like traps. Of course they do. But it's just one of those things. It don't happen very often. It's once in a blue moon. You see Tom Brady's underdog. Um, it's even less than that. But you see the Vikings or a 10-2 and two team as underdogs. Um, and you can't really pass up on that opportunity, I don't think. Take the um, under, I'll say. Take the you compare it if you need with Ross's picks, but I'll say <laughs> I'll say the under. I'll back the Niners all day. And if this is not reason to tune in next week to our week 15 picks, <laughs> uh, to hear the reaction to how this goes, um, one of us is going to be in tears and it's going to be wonderful. Uh, <laughs> I, I really hope it's you. <laughs> And that's pretty much all we've got time for. Thank you once again for listening to the Extra Point podcast. Uh, we've been going out for a long, long time now. Plenty of profit, as we said at the top of the show. So we hope you've been following along uh, and getting those winners along with us. Uh, as I said, we'll see you next week. It'll be interesting.